Okay, so I don't know. I just feel like talking on a podcast, so I'm just say whatever I feel like the Lord put on my heart. First, I want to pray. Father God, thank you. Not thank you. I come not to ask you for anything, but just thank you for everything, Father. Everything you're, you've done, everything you're doing, everything you're going to do, Father. It's already done. Lord Jesus, your will is already done. The victory's already won. We've done it. Now we will do this. We have done this, Father. We have conquered, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name, we've conquered. I thank you, Father. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Father, for giving your only begotten Son to come down and down on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins so that we may be forgiven. Thank you, Father. I thank you. Just thank you. We love you so much. Speak through me, Father. Thank you for giving me the words to reach your people. Thank you for choosing me, Father. Thank you for using me as a vessel. Thank you for all the vessels, Father, that you have brought in my path. Thank you. I thank you. Amen. I just want to first say, like, you can never stop thanking Jesus. You really can't. Like, one thing I noticed in my walk, in my journey that you know no matter how much i thank him it's never enough never enough it could never be enough i could thank him every word i say for the rest of my life and i could talk all day for the rest of my days living here and and it could only be thank you jesus and it would never be enough the lord is so graceful so merciful i am not anything without him First of all, I'm just the dirt that he breathed life into that he breathed life into. And everything he's given me is priceless and incomparable to anything I could ever receive here on this earth. I could never ever, you know, make up for anything he's done for me. So I'm going to just talk about how I feel right now because I didn't come with a specific plan or idea of what I was going to talk about. I just felt like, you know, getting on this podcast and just talking about different things that's been on my heart. I feel the spirit of the Lord upon me, but it's, it's somehow being, you know, it could never be intercepted, but it's being tampered. I can feel the spirit of the Lord in me being fought by these demonic forces, these witches, these warlocks, these wizards, these sorcerers, these demons. I can feel it. I can feel it. And as we fast approach Halloween, things have been changing drastically and feeling very weird every day. I wanted to talk about that. It's been on my heart. Every day, it feels as if I'm slipping into who I was before the Lord found me, before he showed me my purpose and my destiny, before 
there was such a breakthrough in my life that I can never go back to what I was before. But the enemy is fighting so hard daily, all day. I mean, not never stopping. You know, like as much as you breathe, the enemy is fighting 10 times more than that. 10 times every breath that you're taking every day. Every heartbeat, the enemy is fighting everything that the Lord has for you. He is fighting over time to somehow stop your destiny. But the Lord has already given me a word in the midst of spiritual warfare, in the midst of my lowest, in the midst of everything that I was fighting here, that he cannot stop my destiny. Everything that he does, every it may hurt. It may be hard. I may struggle. I may make mistakes. I may slip back into sin. <laughs> Excuse me. But no matter what he does, he cannot stop the destiny that the Lord has for me. Matter of fact, everything that he does only leads me further into it. I am so blessed and chosen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. I boast on nothing but your holy name. You are precious. You are precious and to be praised. Now, I want to say something because it's on my heart. One thing out of everything I've talked about, of every episode, of everything I've said that I've faced and dealt with, one thing I want to make clear is that that's just what I've faced and dealt with. Because one thing that he's shown me out of everything, what you're facing, what you're dealing with, is not what it looks like. And his name is not to be tampered with. His words are not to be tampered with. His work is not to be tampered with. Who he is cannot be tampered with. At the end of the Bible, in Revelations, it says, And anyone who is to add or change any words in this bible are subject to the plagues in it do you know how many plagues are in the bible he has flooded the whole earth he has caused leprosy on people he has caused food to fall from the sky but when they ate it they died he has caused people to be attacked by lions donkeys to talk he has caused slavery for over 400 years. He has caused us to forget who we are. He has caused us to go bald. He has caused silence, like literally being mute. He's caused us to not even be able to talk. He's caused blindness. He's caused just simply death. Whatever it is you can think of, God is capable of. He's capable of it. Lamb's lost. Whatever it is you can ever think of, he's capable of it. He says anybody who adds to or changes anything, any of those words in our Bible, are subject to the plagues in it. Each and every single one or whichever one he decides to choose. You have no idea. The Bible says it is a fearful thing 
to land in the hands of the living God. You're afraid of Satan. You're afraid of people talking about you, judging you. You're afraid of different things you have to deal with on this earth. You're afraid, you're afraid of losing that validation that you seek. You're afraid of the attention you may lose. You're afraid of the reputation being lost. You're afraid of what people say about you. You're afraid of whatever it is out here in this world. Whatever it is you're afraid of. The, the Bible says it is a fearful thing to end up in the hands of the living God. That means it doesn't matter what you think you're afraid of. You don't know fear until you end up in the hands of the living God. You can combine every single person on this earth's fear in one. And it could never compare to what he is capable of. And people out here still acting like it's something more to be feared. Than ending up in the hands of the living God. That being said, I will not tamper with his precious word. I will not change it. I will not add nothing to it. I may have my opinions, but like I said, they're just opinions. And guess what? Opinions are not facts. So when we speak on the facts, it's going to be the living word. That is just as powerful today as it was when it manifested on this earth. Which is, I don't know, I don't want to say it like that. I mean, like, when the Bible showed up. Because the living word is Jesus, and the living word was here before the world existed. So there's no, when it manifested on this earth. It's always been here, even before us. So, that being said, I will never tamper with his words. I will not tamper, add, change, nothing. Even though I see that in this world, it's already been done. Of course, but so boldly and so immense, like it's just so gargantuan how much his word has been changed. For example, the whole exact the the entire image of what Jesus that we see. You you look up any Jesus movie, you never see him depicted as how he is described in the Bible. In the Bible, it says that his hair is like sheep's wool, white as snow, his eyes bloodshot red, and his skin the color of burnt brass. His his sound his his voice is like roaring waters. We never see Jesus depicted that way. We see Jesus as a white man with blue eyes. So his eyes are bloodshot red. I've seen Jesus. They mean the color. The actual color. See, my eyes are dark brown. People have blue eyes. People have hazel eyes. People have, you know, green eyes. God's eyes are bloodshot red. Like fire. The actual color of them. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. They're amazing. When you see them in the way he wants you to see them. See, he has control over how you see his eyes. You may see them. And they will be the most, they will be the scariest, most petrifying, most horrifying, terrifying thing you've ever seen in your life. And that's when you're in hell. You'll see them bloodshot red like that. Or you can see them as the most beautiful, most gorgeous red I saw. He appears in the way he wants you to see them. Usually based on how he is showing up. Based off of his condemnation, conviction, and judgment of your life. It depends. But yet and still. Just like the Bible said, they're always red. 
never blue, never brown, never black, never green, never hazel, never none of those other colors you may see out here. They're red. Not, I don't mean the white part. Now that may be true as well. I'm still debating. But it's the actual color. It's the actual color of his eyes. Have you ever seen someone with red eyes that weren't wearing contacts? His eyes are beautiful. They're breathtaking. And if he does not, you know, somehow shield you and protect you from the power in them, you can die just looking into them. That's how gorgeous. But also that's how powerful. And they're changing that. Why would they make why would they make you see a white Jesus with blue eyes and silky type hair? When hair is sheep, well, have you seen a sheep? Have you seen a real actual living sheep even to this day? Because you know, animals have evolved because of the hormones and the different things that sci- that scientists are doing in labs. Everything has evolved on this earth. But yet sheep's wool is still nappy to the touch. It's matted. It's in a way curly. It's hard to comb through. That's black people's hair. I've never seen a white person with hair like that. Sheep's wool gets so matted, it'll turn into one big dreadlock. Who's, who else's hair is like that? I stopped combing my hair for five months. It turned into one big dreadlock. God has already shown me, even despite me already knowing those facts, God has already shown me that we are the Israelites that he speaks about in the Bible. That he is what we look like. He is black. Jesus is black. God is black. Jesus has shown up to me two different ways. One, and the reason being, he has told me himself, he showed up white the first time I've seen him. The reason why he said is because I had to show up with what you were comfortable with seeing. Because my whole life, I've never seen any Jesus but a white Jesus. It never stopped me from praising him the same. But once it got to the point where my purpose was revealed, my destiny was revealed to me. And I was, you know, the the chains broke off of my heart. The veil was removed from my mind and my heart. I saw him as who he is. I asked him why I saw him as white the first time. And he told me why. Oftentimes he will show up to us with what we're most comfortable with seeing him as. Until it's time. If you allow yourself to get to that point. The reason why I say if you allow yourself to get to that point is because God has given us free will. He can lead you just like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So, I know that Jesus is black. There's no doubt in my mind about that because the veil that's been removed from my heart and my mind ever since I've known that it cannot be placed. Whom the Lord is freed is free indeed. Doors that the Lord has opened, no man can shut. Doors that the Lord has closed, no man can open. 
He's opened doors to my heart and my mind. Nobody on this earth could ever shut and trust me. It's, that's not from lack of trying. Because they've been trying every single day since. Everything that they can do. Pulling out all the tricks in the bag. And I ask God, why God? Why do you allow them to attack me in this manner? Why are you allowing them to get away with all of this? Why are you allowing them to try and take from me what you've given? And he said to me, well, he's shown me. Because they're going to give every opportunity, they're going to be given every opportunity to do everything that they feel is necessary so that I can prove my power. That no matter what you do, if you did everything you are capable of, you could still never change something I've done. You are not me. You are used to pretending to be me. You are used to convincing people that you are me with lies, but you are not me. And I will show you that by allowing you to do whatever it is you feel that you are capable of because you have become vain, prideful, and arrogant in all the false, false power that you have and the lies that you tell. I want you to be able to do everything you feel that you can do because you feel so confident. I can change anybody. I can do anything. I can stop anyone. I am God. I want you to do everything you feel is necessary, like you are God, and to show you that no matter what you can do, you cannot ever be God. That's why. He's given them ever, every opportunity, and every single chance they get, they take it. Because they are not him. He wouldn't need a chance given, because he is who he is regardless. You don't give him a chance. And I wouldn't even say he takes it. He is the chance. The only chance any of us will ever have here. Ever. There there are no other options. He gives us an option. But that's just so that we can see clearly for ourselves that there are no other options. If you believe there's another option outside of God, you're a fool. And yes, the Bible says to call someone is a fool. To, excuse me. To call someone a fool is to be in danger of hellfire. But the fact of the matter is that the Bible also says that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't fear the Lord, you are not wise, which makes you a fool or ignorant. Now, ignorance and being a fool is two different things. The reason why, let me explain. To be ignorant is to not know what you're doing. To be ignorant is to not know any better. Ignorance is the lack of wisdom. The lack of intelligence. The lack of knowing any better. Fool is to know better and still not do better. You're a fool. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because you will never be able to ever know anything or ever call yourself intelligent or smart if you do not fear him first. The Bible also says that the intelligent, the wise, the smart, they call themselves, fall into the traps that they set. Which means as smart as you think you are, I'm going to let that intelligence you think you have. Wrap your own self up. I'm going to let you wrap your own self up. I'm going to let you 
bring your own self down with your so-called intelligence. Like what he's doing with these scientists who are creating all these different medicines, all these different powers, all these different technologies, all these different things on this earth. He, they're, they're all creating all these different things, feeling like they're doing something that they're one day going to be able to match God's power or be bigger than him. And guess what? The very things that they're creating are going to be the very things that take them out. You can do whatever it is you want to do, right? That doesn't mean there won't be consequences. You can choose whatever it is you want to choose. That doesn't mean it's the right choice. He gives free will so that you can see his power for yourself freely. He wants you to choose him freely. He doesn't want to hold anybody against their own will. He doesn't want you here if you don't want to be here. You don't ever see anybody being led into church in chains. Yet, that's what Satan does. Satan has to trick. He has to lie. He has to convince you he's something he's not in order to get you there. God does nothing but tell the truth. And you have to accept it no matter how hard that truth is. That's who, hard, that's who our God is. But like I said, he's given free will. So that means go ahead, use all the short time you have here to figure out whatever it is you feel like you need to figure out. Choose whatever it is you feel like is the better choice or option. Then at the end of the day, the right choice, God is always going to be there. As merciful and gracious as he's always been. But by the time you get to where he's at, you will have chosen him. He will not have tricked you, lied, or convinced you to be anywhere you did not want to be. So I hate this narrative where people say, Christians are always forcing Christianity down someone's throat. Read the Bible. He never forced nothing down nobody's throat. Because if he was going to force anything, you wouldn't even be here. You want to know how? Because he would have forced Adam and Eve to never touch that tree. So you wouldn't even exist. Because they, be, they would be eternal. God has never forced a thing. He doesn't force anything. He just shows you the truth. A lot of times, that's exactly what's needed to wake you up. Sometimes, not even the truth can wake you up. No matter how real. And that's sad. That's what saddens me. What saddens me is the truth that I know. The graceful, merciful compassionate forgiving loving generous god that i serve is somehow twisted to be the bad guy a lot of times and i cannot pretend as if i don't sometimes question his ways that's what i'm supposed to do i don't know anything i don't know a thing that's why i'm on here talking to anybody who is listening anybody i can encourage so that i can show you that that's just because you're a Christian and you choose God doesn't mean you're not going to have moments in that moments like that where you're questioning what he's doing. You don't know what you're doing. and You're not sure you're on the right path. But that's part of it. If you have times like that, that's not that does not mean give up on God. That's why I'm on here talking about that, because one of the biggest misconceptions my whole life is 
has been the teaching that once you choose God and once you're with God, you never go through these times or these instances where you don't know what you're doing. You don't make mistakes. You don't slip back into sin. You don't, you know, question what he's doing. You can question what he's doing, but excuse me, the strength that he's building up in you is when you figure out that even though you may not know what he's doing, it's he's still doing what's needed. That's what builds the real strength. He does not want any weak Christians. Was Jesus weak? Would a weak man be beat and hung from a cross, nailed through his hands and his feet and hung from a cross? For hours until he gave up his life for us. Would a weak man do that? Because I don't know any man on this earth that would do it right now. So please point out a stronger one. No one is stronger than the Lord Jesus. He's the strongest man to have ever existed. He did that in perfection without sin. Knowing exactly what he was doing. That it was necessary. Even though the very people he were he was dying for were the very people who were sending him to his death. That takes strength because right now I can't even turn away from an argument. But he can, you know, die for the people who want to argue with him. That's real strength. You don't know strength. A weak man would not do that. He's the strongest man to have ever lived. And somehow our conception or idea, excuse me, there's a misconception. And we have an idea that weak is strong and strong is weak. Because you think the strong people are the ones who out here somehow exerting their strength or trying so hard to prove to someone else that they're strong. When Jesus never did that day in his life, he never had to be rich. He stayed poor. Even though he knew he was rich in heaven, he could be the richest man here on earth. He never had to fight a man because somehow that shows strength, but he knew he was strong. He didn't, you know, pick up a sword and a, you know, shield per se, not physically. And say, everybody, let's go and kill all of our enemies. No, he did the opposite. He let his enemies kill him because he knew that's where the real strength lied. The real strength is not proving your power to the people who need to see it. The real strength is being powerful despite what they see. That's the fact. And... It's so sad that people today are so misled. Look around. Everybody's like, if you if you want to win, if you want if you want to, you know, really do something, you better go prove something. God said, don't prove anything. It'll show in time. There's too many people out here not bearing any fruit. This is a fruitless world. I'm trying so hard to bear fruit for God. Despite the many people who are trying so hard to uproot me. 
to uproot everything God is doing in me and with me and have done in me. There's people trying to tear down everything God's done in my life because they know the direction he's taking me in. It's necessary to know what real strength is because if you don't, you're going to confuse it with weakness. And let me be clear about weakness because weakness as well, we're all weak. We're all weak because we've all made mistakes. None of us are perfect. We're all weak. Paul said in Corinthians, I am made strong in my weakness through the Lord Jesus Christ. I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. So I don't want to confuse anybody into thinking that being weak means you're not qualified. That's not what makes you unqualified. What makes you unqualified is being weak and somehow pretending that that's strong. Or being weak and not knowing what strength is. To cure ignorance will probably be our best option at this point. The only way to do that is with the truth, and the only truth is God. The Bible says Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. No one can come through, no one can go through to our Father except through Him. No one can come to our Father except through Jesus Christ. So if you're not accepting Him, you're not accepting God. There's no other way to eternity. And if you think or have been misled or tricked into believing anything else, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Halloween is fast approaching. I'm seeing so many people get in a Halloween spirit. As if that's really, you know, real. Stop being tricked. Because what you'll find is that if you choose anyone outside of Jesus, they're not for you.